Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Each year at the county fairs, I enjoy walking through the lines of the sheep and the chickens and the cows and thinking about all the time that went into them. The children caring for them, feeding them, cleaning them, clipping the nails. Sometimes those who oversee and care for us might seem distant. But this morning, as we take a closer look at God's word, we see that Christ the King, the King of all, our King, He is with us, He cares for us, and He loves us. We'll follow the order of service as it's printed out for us in the worship folder and projected on the screen, beginning with our first hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your victory you have broken the power of the evil one. Fill our hearts with joy and peace as we look with hope to the day when every creature in heaven and earth will acclaim you King of Kings and Lord of Lords to your unending praise and glory. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Please be seated. 
Our first lesson today, taken from Ezekiel chapter 34, reminds us that our king is also our shepherd, and these words will serve as the basis for our sermon. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is God's word. Our second lesson taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, our king is not distant. He, as one of us, he endured death for us, but has conquered death. He is victorious over it, and in him we will be too. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. This is the word of our God. Your name 
please stand. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 27. As we read these words, we can't help but note the cruelty of the soldiers, yet also reflect on the ways that we've been cruel to others. And our king was willing to go through this and to go to the cross for cruel sinners like the soldiers and you and me. What a king we have. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the first lesson from Ezekiel 34. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. big item in the news this past week was the Israeli hostages and negotiating for their release. I just can't imagine what it would be like to go through what, what they've been going through. One day, to be living life as normal, children playing, adults working around the house or working at their jobs, and then all of a sudden, attacked, carried off, their land a war zone with gunfire and missiles going off. People terrified and scared and scattering. So many people, hundreds dead and thousands hurting. Yet the people back at the time of Ezekiel, they understood that kind of hurt. The Babylonian armies descended upon Judah, the southern kingdom, multiple times over the course of 20 years. There was famine and plague, flashing sword, unspeakable acts. Jerusalem was destroyed. Its people separated and scattered, terrified. Over there in captivity, in Babylon, yet actually in every generation, in every nation and community, sin makes life into a war zone. We need a leader who will compassionately step up and take charge. It's the same leader who spoke through Ezekiel that speaks to you and to me today. The Sovereign Lord will be our shepherd. And he takes it personally. He has pasture for us. And his promises we can hang on to now and always. The shepherds in Israel were fleecing the sheep. They were feasting and fattening themselves on food. While the rest of the sheep, they were famished. The shepherds, the leaders in Israel, they were clothed in the comfy and the cozy, while the commoners were in desperate need of cover. They were looking after themselves instead of looking out for the lost and searching after them. And just to fill their own bellies, the prophets back at the time of Ezekiel, the ones living over in Israel especially, they prophesied peace, peace, and they approved of the sins of the people. It's fine. Live however you want. Go on doing what you're doing. Worshiping idols on the mountain high places. Immorality all over the place. Sacrificing their children in the fire. The royalty and the rich were oppressing the poor and the weak. There was extortion for unjust gain. Innocent bloodshed. The priests, they ignored the Sabbaths. 
and broke the rest of the ceremonial laws too and led the rest of the sheep to do the same there in Israel. This was personal for the Lord. He took this personally because when his sheep are hurting and suffering, he will step in. We see that throughout the scriptures. Back in the Garden of Eden, with the Lord's two-lamb flock there, after the devil had come in and attacked, the Lord himself stepped in. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and yours. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Or when the Israelites were miserable there in Egypt, their sons drowning in the Nile River, the slaves groaning under the, under the whip of the slave driver, the Lord himself, he took it personally. He came down to rescue them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Or in the New Testament, when Saul was breathing murderous threats, going around the countryside, hunting and persecuting Christians, the Lord knocked Saul down to the ground. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? The Lord takes it personally when his sheep are suffering. And the Lord will judge. As he says here in Ezekiel 34, verse 16, I will shepherd the flock with justice. The sleek and the strong, I will destroy. Now, the Lord isn't talking about people with a sleek physique or a strong personality there. The Lord is saying that he will send away empty those who fill themselves and stuff themselves with food while ignoring the hungry around them. The Lord will expose the shame of those who are infatuated at looking at themselves in the mirror, trying on different outfits, when there are those around them in desperate need of cover. The Lord will send away those who buy up more land and build bigger houses, yet disregard those who are in need of shelter around them. The Lord will send a plague on those who demand the best health care for themselves, but couldn't care less about the sick and dying all around them. And those who withhold the water of life from others, who keep the scriptures and the gospel to themselves instead of sharing it, they will be parched in the eternal fires. When the sovereign Lord comes again in his glory with all of his angels, he will divide and separate out his own sheep from the sleek and the strong, those selfish sheep. He will hand out to them their just punishment. He takes it personally. Whatever you sleek and strong sheep did not do for me, or what did not do for them, you did not do for me. The Lord takes it personally. Yet to those who are broken by their guilt, the Lord will bind them up. To those who admit their weakness, the Lord will give strength. To those who have been attacked in the war zone of sin, the Lord will bring peace. He took it personally when he came to this earth, conceived in a young virgin, born among animals, and heralded 
by angels, worshipped by shepherds, raised among sheep. And as he spent time among the crowds, he looked at them and saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. He toiled tirelessly among them. And then the sovereign Lord, it got even more personal for him. He, the shepherd, was lost for the sheep, forsaken at the cross in the person of Jesus. The sovereign Lord took this personally. He hungered and thirsted for us. You could count all of his bones. His tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. He was stripped for us, his garments divided by the soldiers. There, he was bruised and beaten and abused before he hung on the cross to die for us. He took it personally, all so that he could bring us back and heal us and restore us, selfish sheep, to be forgiven, members of his flock. Sovereign Lord will shepherd us because he takes it personally. But he also has rich pasture for us. Now, back in Israel, that was a land flowing with milk and honey. You read some of the descriptions of Israel in the first few books of the Bible. It's amazing. It was a, a broad land, spacious. The Lord gave to the Israelites everything from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean, from the desert all the way up to the Euphrates brooks and streams and deep springs that, that gushed and watered the valleys and the land. Pomegranates, grapes, olives and figs, barley and wheat, plenty of bread, and no one lacked anything there in the promised land. And the Lord, he held true to his promise. He brought a remnant of his people back to Israel, back to that land, Yet still there in that physical land, they experienced oppression and war, wolves and robbers. When the Lord talks about bringing his sheep back to this rich pasture and this good grazing land, he's not so much talking about the physical land of Israel. He's talking about the church where people follow him and listen to his voice and find the greatest nourishment ever. Shepherd speaks of bringing people, bringing his sheep back out of every nation. Those are the nations for which the shepherd came. People all over the world, the entire world. People of different backgrounds, different countries and lands. People like us, too. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 10, I have other sheep that are not of this pasture. I must gather them and they, too, will listen to my voice. The good shepherd brings into his church sheep from every nation by this good news that he, the good shepherd, laid down his life for them and took it back up again as well. And he feeds them in rich pasture land. He grazes them on good ground. Sheep of the sovereign Lord get to recline and dine on the richest of fare every day in his word, the Lord gives us to read, mark, and inwardly digest the best of food, the forgiveness of sins. There is nothing more expensive, nothing richer, 
because it was paid for by the blood of God's only son. There is nothing more generous or abundant, or as the original puts it here, fat. It's this fat grazing land. There's nothing more generous because every last one of your sins and selfishness forgiven and the sins of the whole world. There is nothing more valuable than this, this food to graze on because we can never exhaust it. We could have never afforded it and it lasts forever until we reach that time where we never again will we hunger and never again will we thirst. When you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God's word that was planted in you stays with you and grows every day. You can taste and see that the Lord is good in that life he gave you at your baptism. When you come up to communion, eat and drink Jesus' body and blood together with the bread and wine, God fills you with salvation and life and forgiveness. As sheep of the sovereign Lord, we have the best, the richest pasture. That's what he does for us as our shepherd. But he also has promise for us. Oftentimes in a nation, people will look to their great leaders of the past for hope of a promising future. In our country, we've often looked back to the courage and the resolve of George Washington the honesty, the unity, and the liberty that Abraham Lincoln stood for, or perhaps the optimism of Franklin D. Roosevelt and the alliances that he made and maintained for World War II. In Ezekiel 34 here, the Lord underscores David, that king from Israel's past. He was a man after the Lord's own heart. He was brave in the Lord facing off against Goliath and winning that victory by the Lord's strength. David was patient, trusting in the Lord for years as he was on the run from Saul. David, as a king and leader in Israel, he directed the Israelites to worship the Lord through the many psalms that he wrote. David was the shepherd king. During his lifetime, he ruled over all of the tribes of Israel. And when David wanted to build a house, a temple for the Lord, the Lord said, no, I will build a house for you and establish a dynasty for you so that one of your descendants, David, you will be an eternal king. It's this promise that Ezekiel 34 refers to and this promise that the sovereign Lord kept. Because he's the Lord, that means he is faithful unchangingly to all of his promises. Because he is sovereign, That means that he has the authority to carry those promises out and to bring them to fruition. So down through the generations, even through that time over in captivity in Babylon, the Lord preserved the line of David so that in the city of David, Bethlehem, the son of David, the son of God was born, Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd king the one who seized the prowling lion and struck him down for us, the one who snatched us back from the sin that had carried us off, the one that ripped us out of the jaws of death itself, Jesus, our shepherd, the promised son of David. Jesus is also 
the Prince of Peace, referred to as, as a prince here in Ezekiel 34. The royal son, he's the hope fulfilled. Jesus is the servant. The servant king who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. Jesus, because the Lord kept his promises to send this royal son, we know he'll keep all of his other promises to us as well. And because this son of David, the fulfilled promise, because he ruled and carried everything out justly, we have a promising future together with him. The sovereign Lord will shepherd us. He's promised. So then this week, with those hostages, on Friday, 24 hostages were released. Then on Saturday, 13 more were released. They got to be taken to hospitals and reunited with their family. Where they belonged. What a relief. What joy, what comfort for them. Yet that is what the Sovereign Lord, your shepherd, has done for you. He has brought you back where you belong, with him. He has restored you and healed you and reconciled you to God. And he has done this personally for you in Jesus Christ. He provides rich pasture for you to graze in, in his word, week after week. And he is faithful to all of his promises to you. One day he will deliver you from this war zone of sin and take you to the pastures above. Yes, your sovereign Lord will be your shepherd always. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Create in Me. Let us pray. Jesus, you are the shepherd king who laid down your life for the sheep only to take it back up again. We praise you for bringing your sheep, Dexter Porter and Charlene Miller, this last week to dwell in your house forevermore. Lead your sheep who remain here beside the quiet waters and in the green pastures of your gospel's peace. Restore our souls with your comfort and certain hope in our own resurrection through faith in you. And we join to pray in our Good Shepherd's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who preserves his church to the end of time when he will come again as king to judge all people and take his own to glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for the distribution, and if you're visiting with us this morning, please note our practice of close communion at St. Paul's.